0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 1 million of the Protein Bites podcast. I am your host, Adriano Rizzo. I own and operate a small personal training studio in the Sutherland Shire called Riz Fitness. It would mean a lot to me if you went ahead and followed that page, if you are looking for a personal trainer at all. Outside of that, the purpose of this podcast is just to help people learn things a little bit smarter uh, and not have to do things the hard way when it comes to exercise, health, and fitness, essentially cutting out all the bullshit. So without further ado, we are going to talk about a couple of things today. Happy New Year. Firstly, welcome to 2023. I know I am pumped as December is a really, more or less the shittest month for fitness business owners. Doesn't have to be, but by and large, I can speak for the uh, community when I say we'd rather not have to go through business wise, at least, uh, go through December. So we got through that hard part. Uh, January is upon us. A lot of people think that you get the new year's new year's resolutions, people coming through. We don't typically, uh, people aren't ready to start on on the first new year, new me, but you've just got a bunch of people who talk shit and don't actually act on it. Um, so there's a lot of that. Um, but most people are like on holidays until like halfway through Jan, end of Jan. So it really just depends on, uh, all that sort of stuff really. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, straight to the podcast. We're going to talk about whether or not TikTok, TikTok trends or Instagram reels are killing your gains and some real life experience about that. And then I want to talk about protein, uh, when to have it, how much to have, uh, why it's important, the effects it has on your body and, uh, yeah. Yeah all the rest. So let's get to it. Uh, tick tock trends. So what this sort of like refers to is like the broader, if you want to call it the fitness industry, I don't think that's a, I think personal training, what I do and gyms and like F45s, that sort of stuff is like the fitness industry. I don't think, um, social media people should be considered fitness industry. Uh, I don't think they, um, I think anybody, can technically be like a fitness influencer you don't have to have a personal training certificate uh, and i think you should have one if you do want to influence people's uh, health decisions that sort of stuff i think you should have some level of education before you we get told that that's our industry right but be that as it may you've got some people um inspiring or uh changing the course of their educational direction moving forward so what that means is you have people um, who aren't educated with big Instagram followings and good bodies influencing people on who, who aren't educated either on what choices to make what things to do with regard to their health and fitness. Okay. So um, do I think that that's a bad thing? Yes, absolutely. And what that can kind of look like is, I mean, let's say if you're someone with a six pack or like you're a girl with a really big bum and a small waist, typically off the bat, people buy people, uh, let's say if I was a really overweight personal trainer, which I'm not, um, but if I was, uh, I really wouldn't expect people to want to buy from me because you've, you can't show you're not showing your the person that's interested in your service that you're capable of doing the things that you're telling them to do. So it's like essentially like you're not selling it. I guess you're selling a dream in a, in know, in a weird way. Uh, but you're selling a possibility. Maybe you're selling a chance that they could have, uh, their lifestyle on check work and um, you know stay and stay in shape. Uh, whereas if you're someone that's you know really overweight uh, it's pretty hard to sell that because it's like well you're obviously not practicing what you're preaching. Uh, so one you don't care you know etc. Um, so TikTok trends are really dangerous in that way um, because it can, it can be kind of like misguiding. So like people will 90% buy who you are firstly, Um, that'll get like the foot in the door and then like your sales procedure results that you've gotten for other people will will kind of help persuade somebody to, to want to buy into what it is that you're doing. Um, and then like barrier of entry as well, is probably going to be a huge one, like, so the barrier of entry, like for me, I charge for my programs. You can't just come in and and have a suss at what we do and then fuck off. Right? Like you can on Instagram. This stuff's free because, like, you're the product, right? So, they'll show you what exercises they're doing um, in order to garner attention. So, let's say I had a client of mine, Rachel, lovely lady, been a, almost a client for over a year now, I think. Um, and she's a massive fan of TikTok, loves it. Uh, and is always constantly asking me if we can do these weird, fucking dumbass workouts. And I'm not calling her a dumbass when I say the dumbass workouts, but. As a professional, I know what's a good workout, what's not. Or what's a good exercise, what's not. Um, but she's constantly asking me, like, can we do this fucking stupid thing? Can we do this fucking stupid thing? I'm like, no, dude. Like, we do the stuff that we do because that's the best. But she sees someone with, like, a shredded six-pack and her brain, uh, uh, that, that, that to her makes more sense than coach man knows what he's talking about sometimes. Right? She always listens to me to, to an extent. Um, and trust me, which is great. Uh, but there's also that. In you know, curiosity or what if coach man doesn't know? Um, and so what that tends to mean um, is that most people think that as well. Okay. Most people will think that if she's even paying for a service, she's paying to see me on a weekly basis. If she's paying to see me, she trusts me. But then still there's that level of like, well, maybe TikTok guys know something we don't know. Um, it's dangerous. And so what, if she wasn't being guided, she wasn't being coached by myself, what would that look like? What would it probably look like her doing heaps of dumb exercises back and forth, like just program hopping, what we call in our industry program hopping uh, and not getting any results. And that is quite literally like the worst thing you can do because you're training four or five times a week. You believe you're putting in the effort and then you're getting no results to speak of. And that is probably the worst thing. Whereas for me and my girls, I always encourage, Hey, um, we probably should work out the least amount to get the most, out of your training, it's kind of how it lies. Um, so yeah, it just depends on depends on the person. But I just feel like over overarchingly, like those TikTok videos or like real videos. Um, one, the level of difficulty is that like quite hard. Like they'll get you like do an ab rollout thing, which is just so dumb. Like you won't. That's not a practical exercise to do. However, you can squat hundred kilos that's pretty practical if you can leg press 200 kilos that's pretty practical um but doing an ab rollout, out there's not that's not going to help there's not going to be have high degree of transference into your life it's not going to help you like carry groceries or walk upstairs um without being out of breath you know so i think a lot of people like that it's attractive it's like sexy um hence why it gets a lot of views because you've got someone with a six pack, or someone with a fat ass doing some weird like donkey kickback thing that doesn't work to grow your glutes at all. Um, guys, just please keep in mind that um, <laughs> kickbacks, glute kickbacks aren't the most effective exercise to use. If you want to grow your glutes, just saying, um, but yeah, you'll see a lot of people doing that and misguiding people cause they have a fat bum, but what they did to get there isn't what they're doing to keep it. Does that make sense? Like just because somebody's showing you an exercise, it's just because they have no content to, to make up. So they'll just make up some dumb exercise or see some exercise, remake it themselves and then put it out to you guys, to the public. But that's not what got them there. So I think that's what, da- what's dangerous about this whole TikTok sort of scenario is you're seeing people with no qualifications, or if they do have qualifications, they're just trying to make their content look interesting and they can't make their own inter- content interesting because all they have is a six pack and they've not fucking no charisma. And then, or maybe they've got some charisma, but like not much depth, maybe perhaps to their, their character or who they are. And so they can't really sell, um, you know, the, 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 actual process. And unfortunately with personal trainers, like we've got to combat that. So we have to then sell you on the longer term. Hey, it's gonna take you six to 12 months. Hey, you're gonna be doing the same exercises, but what you need to get better at is actually tracking those exercises. So you get stronger. So you feel better about yourself as a metric, um, as your strength goes up, you'll feel better about what you're doing here and so on and so forth. So it's just a little bit of that sort of stuff. Um, that's kind of how our industry works. We see those, that's top of the like sort of funnel, super sexy, super appealing exercises, good looking people exercising, misguiding you guys, cause you guys have no education either. Um, and then like us personal trainers, we have to like pretty much like, uh, temper that and, and and drop down your expectation of how it actually works and put some context to it and say, hey, this is how you're gonna achieve X result uh, in X time because of X, Y, Z. Cool. Hope that kind of makes sense. Um, I know I sort of speak broadly, uh, but I hope I sort of reeled it in for you guys. Yeah. So we're going to talk about protein next. The proteins a fascinating one. Um, a lot of people don't understand it. So there's a couple of things that most people don't understand. So when you do, so most people think, um insulin well not most people but a lot of people think that insulin release release causes fat gain and that sort of stuff which it doesn't if you're insulin resistant it just means that you've probably eaten like a fat fuck, <laughs> eaten like a fat fuck, and not cared about yourself and just completely railroaded your health and well-being for numerous amounts of years so your blood sugar just spikes all the time and so your insulin uh, uh secretion isn't as, isn't as high as what it could be because you've just been abusing your body systems because you've been overeating um, heavy carb or heavy protein based food, but probably heavy carb based food. Cause that's the easiest one to get. Um, I'm going to assume that everyone that's really overweight, isn't like constantly overeating steak. But what happens is when you have carbohydrates or sugary processed food, that shit hits your system really, really fast. If it's processed, um, that releases insulin and people bully, and that insulin release helps sh- shuttle uh, those nutrients to where it needs to go in the body. And so what most people believe is that insulin then is the bad guy, um, and not the calories they've eaten. Right? So it's really important to contextualize that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, outside of that, um, what's really important as well is understanding, um, that protein actually will elicit a, uh, a release as well. So protein will actually elicit a insulin secretion. So whether you're eating carbs or protein, um, you are going to get some insulin release. So people don't even understand that. And so they'll tell you, eat a keto, insulin's bad. And it's like, well, no dickhead, Uh, actually protein will get, like insulin will get released, secreted, if you eat carbs or not. Okay, and then what most people don't understand as well is that when you're eating carb, uh, heavy protein-based foods, I've got to actually, Let me just try and get this up for a second. I want to like protein to carbs. Word. (laughs) Um. Process protein protein to carbs. Gluconeogenesis. So if you consume too much protein, then this can be converted to glucose by a process called gluconeogenesis. The conversion of protein to glucose occurs as a result of the uh, hormone glucagon, which prevents low blood sugar and isn't a bad thing unless you are over consuming protein. Right. So your body has a natural process in which it will convert um, protein to carbs, to sugar in your bloodstream. So Regardless of whatever the fuck you want, it's a really stupid idea to cut out the carbs because you're having carbs anyway. Most people don't get that. All right? You're actually actually having carbohydrates. Like, it's getting in there somehow. And I think a lot of people um, aren't aware of that. And so they make silly choices. Like, they need to do a keto diet. They need to do X dumb diet. And it just doesn't work. It just makes no sense whatsoever. So, um, I hate to uh, be the bearer of bad news or bring that to, to light for you. But that's what happens in the body. And uh, it's a good thing because that means you can eat carbs again. Yay. You just have to be accountable for it. Boo. Okay. Um, so best timing for protein, best sources of protein. Now you can have your, your plant-based sources, beans, legumes, all that sort of shit. But there's a thing called, sorry, look the fuck is difference Um. There's a thing called, um, what the fuck's it called? Um, you're, you've got essential amino acids, right? And they're amino acids that you, your body can't create because your body can create some amino acids, um, but there's essential ones that your body can't create. Now, each protein source has a certain ratio of those essential amino acids. So let's say steak has like X amino acid to 75% and then it's made up of 10%, the other amino acid and da 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 Like I think it's like nine or 11 essential amino acids something like that. Um, and so your body will actually grab those little fellas um, from the food that you're eating and then redistribute it as muscle or wherever it needs to go. And so typically uh, I believe, Oh, I forgot what the main, um, what's it called? What's the main um, amino acid that, that is responsible for muscle building. Anyway, there's, there's, one out there. It's not really that important, uh, but that tip tends to occur at a higher degree in meats like plant in, in animal based sources. Um, and then your plant-based sources tend to have a lower amount of that amino acid and a, a poorer amino acid profile. You know what I mean? Um, so that's why it can sort of impact, uh, your, your food and that sort of stuff. i sorry. That's why it can impact. Um, some people believe like your, your results and stuff. So, um, a poor amino acid profile in plant-based options, a better one, in meat-based options. Now your plant-based friends will argue that it's the same, doesn't matter, bam. I don't agree. Uh, I used to agree, now we don't, based on just like understanding human nature and the availability of proteins, f- protein-based foods uh, everywhere you go as a meat eater versus a plant eater. So yeah, just, um, just the acknowledgement of that. Anyway, um, so the best protein sources you can get, uh, you're probably looking at like Steak, chicken, eggs, in no particular order. Fish is great, I believe, um, just because, like, I think it's very easy to digest. Um, a lot of people believe the same thing, uh, but that's purely anecdotal. I have no evidence to support that theory whatsoever. Um, I just know that seafood, uh, a lot of people don't complain about it's feeling heavy in your stomach. Uh, so, yeah, those are my like preferred sources. Now, a lot of people think that there's a timing-based issue with protein there's not really uh, um, there's not really it just kind of depends on um, what sort of um, how much protein you're getting overall in a day so athletic populations what tends to be is we get a lot of research done on athletic populations and then your athletes look the best uh, tend to be like coaches or whatever the fuck and then that information will trickle down and I think it gets diluted by the time it gets to the general population. So um, what I think uh, should typically happen if you're someone that is a general population person looking to recover, you should worry about getting in 2.2, or just say 2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. So let's say we've got 100 gram steak, that'll have 20 grams of protein in it, raw. Uh, 100 grams chicken breast, about 20 grams of protein in it, raw. Fish, about the same, et cetera, et cetera. Two eggs, has about 10 grams of protein in it. Uh, a a chivani yogurt has about 14 grams, things like that. So out of those, you're going to need to compile a a way of eating that you like, that is more likely to make you hit 140 grams of protein a day as opposed to not. So, uh, yeah, if you're a 60 kilogram woman, you need 120 grams of protein per day. If you're a 90 kilogram man, you need 180 grams of protein per day. Now you can do shakes. You can do literally anything you want as you go along. Um, just depends on, on what's going on for you. Um, so yeah, there's all that sort of stuff, all those options available for you. Um, I recommend having everything probably if, like, let's say if you're like a 60 kilogram woman, I'd recommend having 30 grams of protein four times a day. Um, one of those servings post-workout within a hour window would be a good idea. Um, having protein pre bed two hours before bed at a maximum, um, at a minute. Yeah. Maximum would be a good idea. Um, and breakfast having probably like 30 to 40 and then snacks having somewhere like 30 to 40, um, grams in there. And that's going to be an easy way to do it. Like 30 grams of protein is two Chobani yogurts pretty easy to eat those. Right. Um, and then 30 grams of protein is like a, a scoop of protein powder. So there's two done and then you just have to worry about two main meals and you're good. So it just depends on how you want to put it together, uh, but that's a really, really good way of eating and that'll help you get the best results with the training that you're doing. If you're not training, I still recommend that um, just for body composition, because it tends to be that, you know, if you eat high in protein, you're you're giving your body what it needs to recover. Whereas if you're eating higher in carbs and switching out the protein, you're just not. uh, And you can see the body types that's reflected in. People who have high protein diets, even if they're skinnier or leaner, they'll look more muscular for sure. Uh, so yeah, look, there's no real best time for general pop. Look, as as frequent and as regular as you can have it, have it um, and break it down into probably like four, even portions would be a really good idea. Okay, that's kind of where we're at. So, so you have 200 grams of protein in a the day Then have 50, 50, 50, 50. You can even have 60, 40, you know, 60, 40, if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. However, but like I'd recommend over 30 grams per serve. Um, and then no more than probably like 60 grams per serve or 70 grams. Cause it seems like that's kind of the best way that your body can digest it. Um, in terms of like bioavailability, like availability of protein, you're still going to get most of it, I believe. Um, but if we're like, if it's been hairs, uh, they think that it's best to have small amounts of protein split up throughout the day. I think, but I I just don't really, I see it's very negligible. The results you're going to get. So that's pretty much the protein conversation. Meat or plant animal based sources are the best then probably like your protein powder based sources, protein powder, then probably like your plant-based sources, split it up into four meals in a day. One of those meals can be snacks throughout the day as well. So you just have to worry about three meals hitting, 60% or 70% of your protein goals for the day, which is pretty easy. Uh, And then have one of those meals with a high amount of protein after. So post-workout, probably like an hour minimum, max, an hour minimum. Um, Have some protein before bed, but like have it two hours max before bed. You don't want to have it an hour and a half, two hours close to bed because it'll fuck with your sleep. So those are the main considerations. Um, protein still produces insulin or, 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 initiates a secretion of insulin. Protein is the building blocks of all our muscles. You should have about two grams per day per kilogram of body weight. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Thanks for tuning in. My name's Adriano. This is the protein Bias podcast, And to all my five listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. If you find any value off this podcast at all shoot over my shoot this over to your friends and family if they need it because that's how this podcast is going to grow so not going to grow without your support otherwise like it on like it on spotify rate it do all the cool shit, and uh, i'll see you guys on the next one peace thank you